What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings podcast. Today, we are going over the NBA free agency and maybe you know some of our predictions and preview of the Pistons free agency. And then at the end, we'll leave a little bit of time to go over the NBA as a whole. As usual, make sure to check us out on all of our social media accounts. Our Instagram's kind of been blowing up a little bit, and we really appreciate all of the likes, the comments, everything, the DMs. We've had quite a few DMs. And so, um, you know, keep that going. We really appreciate it. And we love talking to all of you guys, too. So, all right, let's get into this episode. So the first topic for the conversation here is DeAndre Ayton. Now, DeAndre Ayton's name, the Phoenix Center, has been tied to the Pistons, I swear, nonstop since the season ended for Detroit where it seems like almost every Piston fan wants Deion or used to really want DeAndre Aiden. And now the draft has sort of changed that with, of course, the Pistons trading for and then taking Jalen Duran at pick 13. Is DeAndre Aiden off the table for Troy Weaver and the Pistons? I don't think he's off the table per se, but I don't think it makes as much sense as it did perhaps like a day before the draft. I don't, I think getting Duran basically signifies that that's Troy Weaver's guy. I think that's going to be the starting center moving forward. And then perhaps not now, maybe he'll get like a backup or someone who will start in place of him. And then over time, they'll just build with, um, build with Duran. I think Ian, he's worth the max right now, but he is worth the max. Like I think a team will pay him, but for the Pistons, I don't think I would be, we're going to also get, get into this. Like, I think it's much smarter for them to just play it safe this free agency, make some low-key signings, and then really bundle up the money for next year. Because remember, this is still a 2021 team, or I don't know what their record was, but they won 20 games. Like They still have a large way of development to go. I don't think right now it's worth it to tie up all that money into Aiton, maybe next year when they're ready to make the jump. Yeah, I think maybe next year, and I think that, that free agency class next year will also be better on a lot of big names and just seems a little more appealing, especially if, you know, this year they do make a jump where, you know, they're not a 21 team. They're winning like, you know, they're in the 35 range to maybe 40 potentially where they're around 500 and, you know, competing for a playing game. And then you, you kind of go out and make that marquee free agent signing. So I think, Right now, I don't think it's in play. I think, you know, Aiton feels intrigued by it, but it feels it feels like you know recruiting. It's like you you're choosing your decision, you're making your decision, and you you got the hat on the table, but he's not picking you. I think I think that's what it's been the whole time. I think Aiton wants to go to a team that's going to win now, and you know the Pistons. As much as we love Cade. And, you know, as much as we are really intrigued by this new draft class, they're, they're really not a win-now team yet. They still got a couple of years to go. So, yeah. Aiden, let me, let me ask you, you think he, he cares more about winning now or money? I think that a team will offer him the same amount of money that the Pistons would be willing to give him. So I think he would choose the team that would, you know, be, be winning now, but also as much money. 
Okay, that's very. So you're saying like, if the Pistons offered the exact same amount as somebody else or something, he'd go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I. Yeah. I. I kind of think that it at the beginning. I agree with you on that. But I think at the beginning, it'll be all about money for DeAndre Aiden. It's felt like that's been what it's about because last year he wanted the extension so badly with the Suns ownership and they didn't want to give the max contract. So he didn't re-sign. He said he was going to hold out, threatened to miss the beginning of the season and so on. But yeah, I think for him, it depends on where the money is. If a, if a team offers the max, he's going there. But I think at this point in terms of the fit with the Pistons, it just it doesn't make sense, and I think we're all kind of in a, in agreement on this. Just because you got a great player in Jalen Duran in the draft, and yes, I know you can't depend on a guy who you just drafted to turn into a star right away, or even become nearly as good as DeAndre Ayton. But he seems like a very good player. He brings a ton of athleticism. He should be a great pick and roll player with Cade and Jaden Ivy, and so you know I think for Troy Weaver, <clears throat> there's just not really a need to spend that money, risk it like crazy, especially not on DeAndre Aiden this summer. And so, you know, I think with him, they have to pass up just because of Duran. I think that completely changed their plans. And by the way, I think that was something that Troy Weaver wasn't fully expecting in the draft that they'd be able to get him at 13. And so with DeAndre Aiden, there's kind of two other players that have been connected to the Pistons nonstop since the end of the regular season. And that has been Miles Bridges, the Michigan native out of Flint, Michigan, and Jalen Brunson, uh, the Dallas Mavericks player who had a pretty solid, a very good season, pretty solid playoff run too. Do you guys, you know, we said we're kind of out on DeAndre Aiden, but do you go for Brunson or Bridges here? And, you know, which one would you favor if you had to go for one of them? If I had to pick one, I would definitely pick Miles Bridges. This is no disrespect towards Jalen Brunson, but you can't just draft Jaden Ivey and then just sign another guard. It doesn't make sense. Plus, I also think the New York Knicks, and we'll talk about it too, but the Knicks are kind of going all out on Jalen Brunson. They hired his dad. The GM used to be his agent. Like, There's like a lot of connections there, and they're going to give him something north of 25 mil, like near that range. So I don't think it's worth it. And then as for Miles Bridges, the hints have been there. Like, let's the social media, you know, he's been deleting. He deleted um, the portion that says Charlotte Hornets. He's liked pit. He's liked tweets saying, "Come to Detroit." You know, he's uh, his boy. One of his boys tweeted like, "If the shrooms got me tripping, if Charlotte doesn't give me the bag, we're going to the Pistons." So <laughs> he's the. He's, hold on, hold on. Hey, that was a fire comment, again. though. By the way, say that again. Say that again. The, the shrooms don't got me tripping <laughs> or something like the shrooms got me tripping and if we don't get the back from charlotte we go to the pistons uh, something like that i think regardless of how much he wants to come i just okay i like miles bridges's fit but is he worth the max i don't know i don't Aiden, you've talked about this before like how players will just ball out on their contract years and he had a good year in charlotte and we would be an incredibly fun team to watch but are we are we just trying to be like the Charlotte Hornets? You know, I think we're like, we're like really in it. I don't know. I have my doubts on whether Miles Bridges is truly like that player you want to invest that much money into. Like he does everything great, but I don't know. I think, I just think you can just develop it more internally with your team, but I don't know. Aiden, I'm curious to see what you, what you think. I miss the MSU guy. Yeah. I mean, like I've talked about this before. I love him. Like I, you know, 
I've gone to MSU camp and met him before, you know, like I've always loved him since he was at MSU, all that. But, you know, if you're not an all NBA, you know, guy and you you haven't made an all-star game, yeah, he won the Rising Stars MVP you know, like two years ago. But that's not worth a max contract. So, you know, I don't even know if that's worth, you know, as much as 20 million. I know guys like Jeremy Grant, who probably had worse production in Denver, got that kind of money. But, you know, this is a whole different Pistons organization ever since that Jeremy Grant signing. So I think he will get, you know, 20 million and probably a little bit more north of 20 million. But I don't think he really, you know, what the Pistons are trying to build. I don't think he fits that kind of mold. Um, maybe, maybe Troy Weaver, you know, low balls it and he accepts just because he wants to come here. I don't know his motives. You know, I, I know he comes back to Michigan a lot just because he's from here. You know, he went to school here. So there's, there's a lot of other factors. You know, we talked about Aiton is kind of, kind of his motive is how much money he's going to get. Um, I wonder what Bridges' motive is, and I think that could affect, you know, other signings such as Marvin Bagley that we'll get into later. But, yeah, I mean, like, I love the guy, but is he really worth that much? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think to answer the question, you know, Miles Bridges obviously makes more sense than Jalen Brunson. That's quite clear. And, you know, we said at the beginning, DeAndre Aiden doesn't make any sense anymore or as much. So it's clearly Miles Bridges. But the question now is, do you go out and get Miles Bridges? And like Aiden said, like I know Vinayak's going to say, I don't think it really makes sense to overpay for a guy. He's a restricted free agent, by the way. I, I, got, I got to mention that because even if Troy and the Pistons lowball him, you know, Charlotte can just match it and he's right back as a Hornet which is fine. So maybe Troy does put in an offer sheet for, you know, who knows, four years, 20 million or something like that, which I wouldn't mind too much, but four years is a lot of time. And so maybe he does something like that, but Charlotte just matches it, which if that's the case, that's fine because then you're not overpaying and so on. So, but here's the situation with Miles Bridges, extremely athletic, you know, decent motor type of guy, 20 points per game, seven rebounds, and he averaged um, 33% from three last year. So he's always been kind of around that mark as a shooter in his career. He's a solid player and definitely an above average starter, I would say. But is he anything more than that? I'm not really sure yet. And frankly, on a Charlotte team where he was really just behind LaMelo Ball, I don't think he's proven that he can withstand a big role on a winning team yet. I mean, Charlotte, did they... What happened to Charlotte this past year? They got what the ninth, ninth or tenth seed, and they did, they didn't even make it yeah, into the playoffs. They lost yeah, they the lost the plan. And so, you know, it doesn't. He hasn't really proved yet that he's a winning type of guy in the NBA, and that he can at least carry some bad teams. He hasn't proven that yet, and so I don't think it makes sense for Detroit. I think you build it naturally, like Troy has been saying nonstop. They're trying to do it the right way, this and that. You know, just take it one step at a time. You save money this year. And then maybe you spend it next year in a better free agency class, by the way. And so that leads me into this next question. If you had to offer Miles Bridges and Aiden, you kind of already answered, 
what contract are you offering it? And I would go with, for, for me, like I just said, 20, 20 million, frankly, maybe 20 to 25, but nowhere above 25 for me for Miles Bridges. The max that he's available for, by the way, is five years, 173 million, which is about 34, 33 million. Vinayak, what contract would you offer Miles Bridges? That's a tough, that's a tough question. Um, okay, if I was GM, I would probably go, I think the max I would push it to is like 24, 25 million, like four years, 100 million. I think he can probably get more just using his negotiating tactics, but after 25 million, I'm out. I think, I think it's fine because, okay, if you're going to pay Jeremy Grant three years or three years, 60 mil, Miles Bridges is five million more, worth more than five million than Jeremy Grant. He's young. I get it. So I would go for a hundred, but I think more than that, then you're, you're kind of doing an overpay. And I think it's more of like a rushed overpay. Cause like we've said, like next year's free agency class, I've got players like Jalen Brown, you know, Marcus Smart. Like, I feel like there's just a lot more difference makers per se next year. So, but yeah, if I was GM four years, hundred mil, take it or leave it. I'm, I'm with you on that. The other thing I'll say, by the way, is, even offering like four years, a hundred mil. I know I just said that I'd be kind of fine with that. It's like, it's low-key scary. You guys know what I mean of like four yeah, years of that. Cause like, yeah. I, it's again, it's nothing on miles bridges, but like you'd be locked into him for four years. It's just, it's tough, man. I kind of thinking about it more now, like as we're filming this, I'm kind of thinking like, honestly, you just don't even go for him. But Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I think around the, four years 100 mil I think you know maybe a shorter contract would be more beneficial as well but yeah probably nothing more than 25 I'm looking up payrolls right now and a guy you know who he's friends with Jaron Jackson is making between for the next four years making between 23 and 27 million a year um and he didn't get a max but you know he's still making a lot of money and I think yeah, I think that's pretty fair because when you get into, you know, the little under 20 I'm looking at, you're getting guys like Joe Harris is a guy I'm looking at. I'm like, is he really worth, you know, 18, 19 million a year? Not really. So and I think Miles Bridges is a lot better than him. So, you know, you're going to probably pay him a lot more than that. So, yeah, around, yeah, four years, 100 million. I'd probably do a shorter contract. I'd probably do like three years, 75. Yeah, no, I, I want to say that uh, thing about Jaron Jackson, I guess it is true. Like maybe our expectations of the cap has just been the cap is rising and everyone's just getting paid, you know? So like, you know, there was a time where people called, you know, Josh Smith's contract with the Pistons. People roast that contract all the time, but it was only four years, 54 million, you know, he was only making 13 million. And now I think a player of Josh Smith's caliber back then would probably get 20 million. So there is that too. Like if Jaron Jackson's getting, 23 to 27 like you said then then I guess I see no reason why Miles Bridges shouldn't but I don't want we shouldn't be the team that gives him that that should just be the Charlotte Hornets so I will I, I want to say this quickly before we move on Miles Bridges should have that deal lined up like right now he should have it lined up immediately because if he waits and you know the market is you know guys are getting less than what they expected his value is going to go down. Um, so on Thursday, Oh Jesus. But I think, yeah, he's gotta, he's gotta want to get that deal done immediately. 
because I don't think, you know, the market for a Miles Bridges guy right now who's in the range for, you know, a max contract, like, it's not in high demand. So I think he's either going to get a short contract or he's probably not going to get the money he's going to want. Yeah, and that, that's a good point, too, because I don't think, like you said, I'm not sure there's really that much demand for Miles Bridges in terms of this year there's, what, four or five teams with cap space for free agency. So I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of spending go around, going around. But also, Benayak with a good point that, you know, cap's constantly going up. We'll see if it increases like the NBA expects it to because some years it goes way less than they expect it to, but then some years it's like 2016 where Timofey Mozgov is getting four years, 80 million or whatever that was. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll finish the Miles Bridges conversation with this. James Edwards of The Athletic, of course, we've had him on here before. He reported that it is unlikely, quote, unlikely that the Pistons will be offering max deals or max type of deals this summer. So that, you know, refers to DeAndre Aiden, Miles Bridges, those type of guys. But it doesn't mean it doesn't completely say that you're not offering four years, 27 million or something like that. So it'll be very interesting to see what Troy does. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Save your money for now and then spend it next summer, if anything. And so next topic, though, is another guy who is looking to make you know quite a bit of money. But this guy is a restricted free agent from the Pistons, and that's Marvin Bagley who they, of course, traded for this past season. He was he had a pretty solid run with Detroit. Do you bring Marvin Bagley back? And, again, you know, how much, if you can give me a figure? I, I think they do. I think, I think they should. Um, my, my thinking is, like, they need – they still need someone to be the backup big, and they could get someone – I mean, they have Kelly Olenek, but, they, like, I'm talking, like, power forward more so, and they could get – someone from free agency fair enough but they have they have that in-house talent I think Marvin Bagley's talented enough to be a backup and I think the problem with him is just the defense like he provides a lot on offense but his defense is just statistically like on synergy I was reading about it's like probably one of the worst it's kind of it's really bad but we saw how he benefited by playing next to Kate Cunningham so and he seemed to like really enjoy Detroit and I think there was like a mutual relation and when he came we actually started winning games like once the trade happened, the Pistons were playing not 500, but really close to 500 basketball. So I think you do. As for contract wise, uh, I would say like two years. I think two years is a, is a good spot. Nothing longer. Two years, like 24 million, perhaps like I'm, I'm in the range of like 10 to 12 million dollars. I think you're if you push 15, perhaps, but I think anything above 15 is an overpay. I would like to stay in the 10 to 12 range if it was me, but I don't know. I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. Yeah. And let me just say, Aiden, before you go, I forgot to say this before that. No, go ahead. There's a reporter, Keith Smith, who said that the Pistons have already offered the qualifying offer to Marvin Bagley, which is just a one year, $7.2 million. And it is seemed that it, he said it likely signals that Bagley will sign that right away on July 1st. And then the Pistons can renounce his $28 million cap hold. So does that make sense of just one year, 7 million, you know, you get him for cheaper, but it's just one year. Um, or do you go more and, you know, if so, what? So actually the qualifying offer, this is actually really interesting. You bring this up. So there was a player on Pistons, you guys, Pistons may be familiar with 
Greg Monroe. And it was, Greg Monroe was a player. It was a really unique situation. Players don't take the qualifying offer. It's a pretty rare thing. And when they do, that's them saying, we don't have a deal figured out, but like, F you guys, like, fuck you guys, I'm out. Like, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to take this money right now, deal with this, whatever, restricted free agency stuff, and then I'm just going to leave. So qualifying offer, the problem with that is then they don't have really any control of where he goes next year. And I think a qualifying offer is more a win for the player than for the Pistons. So on the Pistons, I'm trying to not bring him back on the qualify. I'd rather just sign him now. But um, if, let's say, for example, Marvin Bagley isn't getting interest, like no one is trying to sign him like that, and the Pistons are, quote-unquote, lowballing him, like where he doesn't think he's going to pay what he's worth, then I think qualifying makes sense. But, yeah, qualifying offer, it's a pretty it's, – it's a signal saying I'm out this moment. Like I'm out after this season for sure. Yeah, and I think that – I mean, that's a pretty good insight to know for, like, our listeners who don't know that. Um, But I think – yeah, I think they're going to extend him a different uh, – probably a better offer. Um, I would say – I wouldn't say the 10 to 12 range. I'd say more like 12 to 15 range probably just because he made $11 million last year. And, you know, there was a little bit of momentum at the end of the season in terms of just how – like how he – like performed and kind of seemed like there was a little bit of chemistry there. And like you were saying, like he come back, be the backup for, he'd probably start next year at the start of next year um, before, you know, Duran and, you know, Stewart and them figure it out. So I think, I think, yeah, he'd be a little good, bit of a good insurance to have. And I think if you give him a contract like that and he really outperforms himself, you could you could flip that for picks, especially on like a two or three year contract. That's really manageable for a lot of teams. And if, you know, they're not in the playoff hunt, if, you know, Ivy doesn't turn out to be the guy we think he is or, you know, Cade has, you know, Cade has an injury or something like that and they're not competing, you could flip him for picks. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I think that, you know, the qualifying offer is a good chance for I, – I don't think it's that bad for the teams as, you know, maybe Vinayak says, just because I think with a guy like Marvin Bagley, they still don't know what they're getting with him. I understand that, you know, he obviously joined the team and they got to see the fit in person, but it was just for a month at most, by the way, because he got hurt a little bit at the end of the year. And so – they just my thing is I'm not as sold on Marvin Bagley as I think a lot of Pistons fans are. I think a lot of people think that, oh, it was a great trade. And I think it was a good trade value wise, by the way, but he wasn't the answer to everything. And so my thing is, I don't mind giving him the qualifying offer. You give him one year, try things out. Yes, it's unfortunate because then the player is in the position of leverage because he would become an unrestricted free agent next year and he can go anywhere he wants and the Pistons can't match anything. But I, I don't think that's that bad. I, I do agree, though. I think if you can get him on a two-year set deal, that would be better. And something like, you know, two years, 10 million each year, so two years, 20 total, or two years, 22, or something like that. I don't think that's a bad deal at all, and I would do that any day. But it's going to be tough because I think Bagley is in a position of he wants a prove-it deal. And so he's probably going to take that qualifying offer, try to prove everybody wrong and try to, you know, go out and get a big deal next year. We'll see though. 
And so outside of, you know, kind of the big talking points of obviously Miles Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, and then Bagley, who are some free agents that you'd like to see them go after? I'll remind you guys that right now they have, you know, pretty much three point guards and Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Corey Joseph at shooting guard. You have Ivy, you have Hamadou Diallo, by the way, who's back on the team option. They picked it up. Frank Jackson will not be returning to the Pistons. And then at small forward, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Livers. The center situation is interesting with Duran, Olenek, and Isaiah Stewart. Where do you fill out the rest of that rotation and the rest of that team roster? Because they're really only at, I believe, 10 players right now. So where do you fill out the other four or five roster spots? Um, so for me, I think the team needs shooting. Like they were, I think, 29th or 30th in three-point shooting percentage. They were a pretty – they were not a good shooting team. So I look at a player like Bryn Forbes. He's someone – MSU guy. He really intrigues me. Like every every time I watch Bryn Forbes play, like when he's on the Spurs on the Bucks, I'm like, man, like he choked in the playoffs, like I think in 2021, I believe. But – Every time I watch him, like, man, what a what an unbelievable player. Like, he just doesn't – seems like when the Pistons play him, he just doesn't miss. And he's a player who I'd love to see come back if we could get him for sure. And then that's at the guard position. The team also just needs scoring in general, so players who can just score the balls. One player that I've seen that I thought was pretty interesting, I saw in an article, was TJ Warren. I think TJ Warren is actually a really, uh, really interesting player. So he's – he basically didn't play or he played one game, I believe, in the 2020 to 21 season. I think he sat out this entire season. So basically, it'd be like a one-year prove-it deal. And he could kind of show that he's the same player. And a lot of people, like, don't know, but TJ Warren's averaged, like, 19 points a game and shooting, like, 40% from three. People really know the bubble, bubble TJ Warren when he dropped 53. First team NBA all bubble. And I think, and I know, like, that's, like, a meme and stuff, but Scoring punch is what this team needs. And Warren's a forward that could either start for us, like right away, perhaps like he puts Sadiq Bay to the four and TJ Warren at the three. That could be at least like a conceivable starting lineup to, you know, start the season. Or, I mean, if he's coming off the bench, if you have TJ Warren coming off your bench, that's that's a win as well. I mean, you have that dynamic scoring that the team needs. I didn't actually realize how statistically poor the Pistons were offensively. Um, and yeah, so scoring and shooting is like, I think they're bread and butter. But those two players are like the ones that come immediately off the top of my mind. Yeah. TJ Warren's an interesting option. I think, you know, he, a lot of people kind of forget about him just because he didn't really even play last year. He uh, had two stress fractures in his left foot. And so he, yeah. he missed every single game of last year, but you bring up a good point though. I mean, he was a 19 points per game score in the, the 2020 bubble year. He, uh, he averaged 16 points per game in his last full season. So, yeah, you know, he's he's a solid option. And, man, if you got him coming off the bench behind Sadiq Bay, you know, that's that's pretty solid. I agree with you there. I was going to say Brent Forbes. I think that is a fantastic signing. You know, a guy who shoots like 41% from three, they always need that. And we constantly say this on this podcast, you got to surround Cade with shooters. Brent Forbes would do that. Another guy that would do that, though, is Malik Monk. And I know there's been a couple of reports actually out that Troy Weaver and the Pistons will be going after him. And I agree with it. I think it makes sense. He's a good shooter. He's a very streaky shooter and, you know, pretty inconsistent at times. But, you know, he's one of those guys that when he's hot, he's hot. You know, he's not going to miss. And that will be very helpful with Cade 
for a lot of the games just to take the load off of him. And maybe, you know, Malik Monk is a type of player, I think, too, who you could argue should start over Jaden Ivey for the first few weeks of the season until Ivey gets his legs under him. And so I think that's an option. Another guy I'll say is if they don't go after Bridges, I think Torian Prince would should be the backup signing. I think he makes a lot of sense. He's a much, much cheaper, small forward, power forward prototype of guy. And people don't really realize, but Torian Prince is actually a solid three-point shooter. His, his whole career, he shot like 37% from three in college. So that brings you the shooting and the spacing that you need. And so I think those are a few options. But, you know, the biggest thing that I'll say with this, by the way, is I think this should be the preferred route to Miles Bridges. I'll keep stressing that over and over. I think you spread the money out that they have with a lot of these other smaller role players and save it for next year. So you can give somebody like Torian Prince one year's one year, $10 million deal. doesn't matter because it's not on your books for next year. So I think, I think those are the type of guys that make sense. Yeah. So I think if they prioritize Marvin Bagley, then yeah, they should go out and sign, you know, some, some small forwards kind of wings kind of guys. Someone that comes to mind in terms of shooting is like, I feel like you get, could get someone I know he's kind of bummy but like Nick Batum on like a vet men wouldn't be the worst thing on in the world just because like he's an older guy you know he's French you know he could speak with Killian you know they got that French connection that they said about that that they said about say what that would be an amazing signing no Nick Batum isn't a bum y'all y'all be y'all be no he's he kind of brings that team together I think he's he's definitely a player who's like He's a winning well, he guy. Declined, he declined his option. So I yeah. think he would be someone, you know, that yeah. you could bring in for pretty cheap. But honestly, this is this is kind of – this isn't really a hot take. But if Marvin Bagley walks away, if someone gives them gives him more money than the Pistons are willing to offer, I think Bobby Portis is someone that the Pistons should look at. And I don't know how fast he's looking to sign – but that dude is just gritty as hell. And I think he would be a, a great guy to piece with, you know, the young core and kind of just teach them toughness because he already got a ring. You know, he's achieved as much as he probably will achieve. I don't think he's going to get that many personal accolades um, unless he really, you know, becomes like six man a year or something. So I think Bobby Portis could be someone they could go after if, you know, Bagley doesn't work out. And those are kind of two guys to look at. Um, I will ask this. Does, you know, does a Colin Sexton maybe like come into, come into, you know, Troy Weaver's radar, potentially somebody, another guard, depending on, you know, Corey Joseph might not take, he might decline his player option. Frank Jackson looking to go, you know, if Hamadou Diallo's gone too, you know, maybe he's the, maybe he's the big signing, but I don't know. That that's a question I posed to y'all. I again, I I'm gonna sound like a broken record on this. If you can get him on a one-year deal, sure. You know, and again, Colin Sexton could be a type of guy that needs a prove it deal and is gonna go after that. I definitely think that makes sense. But I would not strap up future money to Colin Sexton. I think he's a extremely risky player. He doesn't play defense at all. He's extremely tiny 
in you know today's NBA. He's a you know he's good offensively, great offensive player. Doesn't play defense though, and that's going to be a big issue. And so, yeah, I really am tentative over. You know, I would hesitate a lot, is how I'll put it, on giving him a multi-year deal. If it's a one-year deal, I don't mind it at all. Though I will say, I don't think they should crowd the backcourt much more than it already is, because they already have a lot of depth there, too. And I think you kind of want to give Jaden Ivey the freedom to get more playing time and just explore and get better in the NBA, and also give Kate Cunningham even more freedom than I guess he already might have. Yeah, Sexton, is a yeah, he's a nice player, and it'd be cool to, like, see him in a Pistons uniform he did average 24 points with Cleveland but like you said Neil the defense is just really bad like it's it's bad and also uh, something like with Colin Sexton he's kind of ball dominant he's like really ball dominant as a player um I was remembering like one game someone said this they watched a game where Kevin Love just like got so pissed at Colin Sexton because he just wouldn't pass him the ball just take it into the paint and like he had him open and Kevin Love just got pissed at him and I don't know like we already had, like we've already said Kate is like the guy. He's gonna have the ball in his hands. Jaden Ivy can play off ball, but he's also a player who kind of wants the ball in his hands too. Sexton now coming in. And I don't and listen, if, if I'm Sexton, I'm a 24 point, 24, 25 point score in the NBA. I'm not here to come off the bench, you know, like I want to prove my talents. I just don't see the fit with the Pistons. I, I don't think it makes sense for either sides. And yeah, I'm I'm out on Colin as well. Yeah. And so, you know, Colin Sexton will be an interesting name, though, I will say, to follow in NBA free agency as a whole. And that kind of leads into our next uh, section of more of the overall NBA side of things. And so the biggest thing to happen in the last few days, as far as free agency and player options go, is that Kyrie Irving has accepted his player option to go return to Brooklyn. I will say it's not a guarantee that he will be in a Nets uniform next year because sign-in trades are very much a thing. But it sounded like from reports that they were saying that he is returning and that Brooklyn is okay with that. So, you know, <laughs> leave that where it may be. I don't know. But what do you guys think on Kyrie Irving and him accepting this? I mean, he said that he and Katie are a package deal and that if Kyrie was, you know, going to get let go, that Katie would go as well. Um, I don't know if it would be to wherever Kyrie was going, but he would leave the Nets just because that roster outside of them and is just atrocious. And the whole Ben Simmons situation is weird. And no one knows if he's going to play again. He's kind of become starting to become irrelevant. So I think, you know, it's more of the, you know, the situation in Brooklyn is just, I don't know. It, it's very much like very hostile, I guess, to say between, you know, all parties. So I think, you know, the, the organization is in a bad situation. Um, being tied up between them and I think the whole you know stuff that happened with Kyrie you know not being able to play and then being able to play but sitting out is just it's just been a shit show and hopefully you know for Brooklyn's sake it'll clear up because Brooklyn's made a lot of bad decisions over the years you go back to like the KG Paul Pierce trade so that's probably one of the worst trades in all of sports so 
I think as a whole, Nets fans, if there are any left, you know, they've been through enough. So maybe they can just focus on winning now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty relieved that Kyrie is going to come back to the Nets. Like, it was really hard for me to see him just like, like, how does he just do, like, his character is a like reputation of just, I know I just do what you want to do, but just leaving KD, like, like, KD has put up through so much BS, like, to the point where, like, you can still call him a snake for the OKC days, but I'm going to keep it, like, KD is one of the most realest NBA players, like, you ever talk, you ever see on, like, podcasts and interviews and stuff, and the fact that he's, like, put up with, like, all this drama with Harden, with Kyrie, Ben Simmons, like, it's, it blows my mind, but I'm glad they get to run it back. I mean, it's not like it's like a bad team. I mean, if Ben Simmons comes back, he's still like, he's still an all-star, maybe not anymore, but he's still, I mean, no, he is an all-star. He's only like 25. Like he's still an all-star. You have Ky- Kyrie KD. Cam Thomas is looking, looks really good. They just need to build a bench up. Like, I don't, I don't know. Brooklyn has leveraged so much of their future for this team. And like you mentioned the KG Paul Pierce trade that was a mess up from the start. Like that was, that was terrible, but at least Kyrie and KD like aren't out of their prime. Like, they can still hoop a little bit. Although KD he's 30, he's going to be 34. I don't know if he is 34, but still though, like they, I think they should just like focus on this, this time they have between these two players and just make a run at it. I know they could rebuild, but like you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, like you, you can do this. So like, you can figure this out. So yeah, I understand though, the frustration from Brooklyn side and, Luckily, the whole vaccine drama is over. So it's just a matter of health. That's all I'll say for the Nets. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna say this. I can't stand Kyrie Irving anymore. I really cannot. And I think we're at a point now with this guy that it is just such a pattern of events. And it's so many things that have happened in his career that is quite obvious that that's just who Kyrie Irving is. The fact is he is not a loyal player at all. He played for Cleveland first, won a championship with LeBron, and then decides, you know what? I want to do it on my own. He leaves a great situation in Cleveland where they were for sure returning to the finals. And if Kyrie had been there for that 2018 run and fully healthy, maybe they actually compete with that Golden State team. I don't know. Obviously that Warriors team was amazing, but Man, he leaves Cleveland. He starts trash talking LeBron nonstop when he left Cleveland, like bad mouthing his really good teammate who LeBron never said anything bad about. LeBron and his whole time with the Cavs was constantly defending Kyrie Irving. So he decides to leave that situation, goes to Boston, where we all know the storylines. He said, I want my name in the rafters. I want my name in the rafters. And he tells the fans in TD Garden, I'm returning, does not return to Boston. Then he's like, okay, let's keep the the train of switching teams going. He decides to go to Brooklyn from there. And he says, I'm only going if you get KD. Brooklyn had to leverage so much of their future, as Benayik just said, to build that team. They even trade. I mean, it's a great, great example of how the players dominated the team. It wasn't a front office or coach led team. It was a player led team. And that's not dishing out on the Brooklyn front office guys. I get what they were trying to do. They wanted to build through free agency, but they had to give up what four first round picks for James Harden. And then that doesn't work out. They have to then use that to trade for use James Harden to trade for Ben Simmons. They don't even get a lot of the picks back. Like it has just been rough there in Brooklyn. I feel bad for Nets fans 
And yeah, Kyrie Irving, man, I cannot stand the guy anymore. All the antics with the, he didn't play most of the games last year with the vaccine stuff. He, you know, everything that Kyrie does, I just cannot understand him. And I just think it's such bad chemistry with the team. And, and like you said, Benai, if I'm KD, you know, why do you want to play with this guy anymore? And I know it sounds like I'm going like crazy after Kyrie Irving right now, but I'm just saying like, as a teammate and a guy like Kevin Durant, who's trying to win a championship and create, continue his legacy. And by the way, create his own legacy of doing it as the number one option. How can you stand playing with Kyrie Irving doing all of this nonsense? And then the last chapter in this story, by the way, is what he did with this player option where he's releasing a list of teams that he wants to go to, by the way, most of them didn't even want him. The only team that wanted him was the Lakers and LeBron because they're in such a bad situation with Westbrook. But man, it's just like Kyrie, dude, just keep it simple. You know, sometimes just keep it simple. You, you don't got to do all that. But hey, anyways, that's just me. I think Brooklyn, it's good for them if they can get him back because they'll compete longer. But I, I feel bad for that Nets organization. They rebuilt a, really smartly and that front office did a great job freeing up all the cap space that they did. But they're in a tough spot now. And so do you guys have anything else you want to say on Kyrie Irving or do, do we want to move on? Just hope the best for him. Um, <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Hey, my bad <laughs> if I was constantly just going after the dude, but I'm just saying, cannot stand watching him play anymore. Anyways, next topic, Bradley Beal, another guy with a player option. Unlike Kyrie Irving, it sounds like Bradley Beal, or he declined the player option, unlike Kyrie Irving, but he will be likely re-signing for a super max contract in Washington. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Because like the Kyrie Irving situation, I have some thoughts. I saw I saw your uh, comment on this document, dude likes losing. I think we should change it to dude likes money. <laughs> like this dude just- I was just about to say that. This dude's just trying That's to fair. get the bag. He's just trying to get the bag. And I don't, I don't think, there's always going to be the fan base. And even he'll say, I get Bradley Beal some help trying to make him a victim. But you've now had- two chances like you're 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 the consciously signing this contract to the Wizards like you're consciously signing up for this like you know what you're getting like they drafted Johnny Davis Corey Kispert Dent. like it's just a sad roster like I don't know that team is it's so bad like I feel so bad for Wizards fans that are like pushing for them to just tank but they can't because they're signing Bradley Beal like I know he just wants he just wants the money and I can't even hate him for that bro like if you're going to go get your bag, like play, this is, you know, these players, you know, they, their careers after the NBA aren't like guaranteed per se, but by signing this contract, he's creating, I was hearing on a podcast, generational wealth. So spell so be it rip to the wizards organization, rest in peace until they decide to trade him. But um, good for Beal. I, I don't know. I, it's kind of, it's a player's league. Like you said, can I ask this though? Did he not have generational wealth before that? He did, but now he's just like adding to it. Now, like, <laughs> now he has yeah, like five generations worth of wealth. Now he's five generations worth of wealth. You hey, know? man. Give him as much you as you can ahead. get. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I just think it's funny that like every summer they release a video of him like screaming at his AAU team about winning and like it's not about you and all this. And then it's like <laughs> he goes out every night and he's like, I'm gonna get mine. He averaging like 34 points a game. I'm gonna get mine. Fuck the rest of y'all. I'm gonna get mine and my bag. So yeah, 
I don't know. I think that's just funny, but yeah, I can't hate a guy for getting, for, you know, picking up that, that kind of money. Cause I don't have that kind of money and I could use that kind of money. So I'm not going to hate him for it, but yeah, if he, you know, after, after that contracts up, you know, maybe it's a Matthew Stafford situation where it's like, all right, you got everything you could out of this organization. Now go somewhere else. Like just kind of just go find somewhere else that you could win. You probably get you won't get that much, but you'll still get a lot. You know, the team that I'm thinking of, like maybe Miami, maybe Portland, you know, some some like that, you know, probably some destinations that he's looking at as well. Just, you know, maybe team up with Dame, give Dame some help for the love of God. No, no, uh, I'll say this. Dame is doing the same thing, too, like. Dame has the option. Oh, absolutely. He he's also even more like I think deserves more because he roasted Paul George from running from the grind. But this man's is gonna be like complaining about the fact that Portland can't. Obviously, they can't put a team around him. It's fucking Portland. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, going after Portland, the city. Nah, no, I don't. I don't blame. I don't blame Dame as much though because he's they've been way more successful than the wizards you know what i mean and dame did that on his own by the way not yeah, on his no, own but yeah. cj but but like he did it more on his own than bradley beal did bradley needed a healthy john wall to do that and, yeah. and by the way even with that they at best they got to the second round like i don't you know again you can't blame a guy for getting the money and that type of like 254 million dude that's that's a quarter of a billion that's insane you already know he's probably made like 250 million anyways so you know, you can't blame a guy for it. My thing is, at what point is there enough money? You know what I mean? It might sound weird. Again, I'm not in the NBA. I'm not faced with have, the question. We don't, we don't, none of us have that kind of Exactly. Money, That's so what I'm saying. We'll I'm not, know. none of us are faced with the question of here, I'll give you 250 million bucks to continue losing and be on a mediocre team. You know, we're not faced with that question. For me, though, I think like the true, you know, real, real ballers, and guys, the, the best of the best in the NBA would say, I'll take less. And by the way, taking less is taking 180 million. Not it's not like you're only getting like 10 million or something. Yeah. Like you would still get four years, 180 million, something like that. Like I think the real greats of this game would say, okay, I'll take less. I'll go to a team that I can actually win with right now, like Portland with Damian Lillard. And yeah, but you know, again, you can't blame a guy for going after the money, but I will say this Bradley Beal, by the way, happy birthday, June 28th. <laughs> he just turned 29 years old. Respect. If you take a five-year deal, uh, does he, does he have a career after that? He's going to be 34 when his, when this contract ends, I'm not sure. Like, so uh, anyways, be, his, his career will be, It'll be cooked by 33, 32. Yeah. Like, th that's all I'm saying. He none of, none even of those contracts this. last. I mean, that you've seen it in pretty much all the sports. Once those guys, those guys who's, who are 31, 32 signing contracts, they want, they want longevity. They don't really care about the money at that point. So I think when that contract is up at 34, he's just looking for places to play. Yeah, it'll probably be like a David West to the Warriors type situation, you know. Okay, I don't think he'll be that bad. I don't think he'll be like David West bad. <laughs> hey, I'm just—he'll be 34, and Bradley Beal's kind of been a guy who said, 
a, a quick first step and that's going to yeah. kind of go away yeah. in a few years. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, he'll still be a good player maybe, but they'll probably be coming off the bench somewhere. We'll see. Could be completely wrong. And again, don't blame it for going after the money. I'm just saying, um, I think if it was a lot of other guys, they'd go after winning. And so, all right, we're, we're starting to go a little over time here on this episode, but very interesting things to talk about, of course. And the next one is the New York Knicks. Seems like, you know, the national media have been talking about the Knicks nonstop, and I don't really know why, because they didn't do, you know, they just made trades for the future in the draft. But anyways, the new talking point is Jalen Brunson. Guys, what do you think? Does it make sense for the Knicks? And do you think it happens, I guess? Give me the prediction. I don't even want to talk about this because the Knicks always – it's always the the destination spot because it's the largest market, but it's never a good fit. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And they always overpay too. Uh, I think I think Brunson, if I had to give a percentage, I'd probably say like 70%. Like, dude, like the connections he has there is just way too – it's way too weird. Like it's his dad is literally there. Leon Rose is literally there. And just like, nah, they're, they're going to get him. They're going to overpay for him. Like Aiden said, but I think they'll get him now. Does Jalen Brunson put them into the next tier? No, <laughs> if we keeping it, if we keeping it 100, probably not. I think they still kind of are trying to move off Julius Randall or they have to see what he's made of. I did. A lot of people give the Knicks like a lot of, a lot of crap for what they did in draft night. I kind of like it that they got three picks, three first round picks, because I hope the GM is like realizing like this team isn't really going anywhere. Either assets to make a trade for a big name or just again, build through the draft. So I don't know. I think, I think that was a good trade, but like, I don't really understand why they're going out on Brunson. They, they made some pretty like large contract signings last year, Derek Rose, which I think, I mean, that's okay. Derek Rose, Nerlens Noel, Evan Fournier is making $18 million. Like, I don't know, bro. So you never know with the Knicks. It's definitely will be an overpay, but I think they'll get their guy for sure. Yeah, I just, I think it'll happen. I'll say that. I think it's definitely going to happen. I'll give it more of like an 80%, 85% chance, honestly. I just think everything lines up perfectly for it. And I think New York is so desperate right now that, they'll do it but it's interesting because like you said they just got three first round picks in the draft and so you know maybe that's them saying we're going to try to go for a hybrid like retooling like they like to say in the nba a lot of let's try to win a little bit now but also be ready for the future of those picks but i think at the end of the day they're just gonna be stuck in the basement of mediocrity and you know realistically with jalen brunson when you add that guy to that roster, are they anything more than a seventh seed in the Eastern Conference? I'm not really sure, to be honest. I don't think they are. So, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe that's all that Knicks fans want. I don't think it is long-term. They'll be happy with it next year, maybe, but I don't think long-term. So we'll see. But I think it happens. Um, it'll be interesting to see, though, the, the amount of money that he goes there for because it sounded like Dallas would be okay mashing up to, like, $25 million, but you know, does New York go over 25 million? I don't know. We'll see. And so that brings us to the last topic of conversation on this episode. And that's just going to be just a couple of predictions. So I have three players listed on here and that is Zach Levine, Colin Sexton and Deandre Aiden. 
where do you guys see these three going? Okay, Zach Levine to the Bulls. Colin Sexton, I don't think the market will be as big for him. I think he'll actually end up returning to a cat to the Cavs on like a pretty team friendly deal. As for Aiton, I want to say I think the Atlanta Hawks. I think that's that's a really good fit. A lot of people have said San Antonio, but I'm gonna throw this in too. I think San Antonio is like really embracing this tanking thing, and they're gonna trade Dejounte Murray get some picks, get some assets, and make a run at Victor Wenabayaba, however you say his name, next year for the 2023 NBA draft. So that's that's my bold prediction. But, yeah, those are my predictions. Yeah, I think I could see – I actually could see Colin Sexton going to, you know, the Spurs potentially. Just I mean, I know they just drafted, like, a bunch of guards, but we'll see. Um. As for, yeah, I think Levine stays. I don't really think there's a huge market for him either, um, especially, like, this year. Yeah, Sexton. Honestly, I could see someone like the Magic giving him, like, money, uh, especially because they need, like, another, like, guard kind of guy, and he just feels like a Magic player. And then Aiton. I kind of have a hot take on this. I think Aiton might be someone that Toronto is looking at. I think that's somebody that they could they could be going after that like we don't really know about. I love the um, fit. I love that fit. Yeah, the the fit the fit is really good. You know, they had Valanciunas and like Gasol the past like few years, and I think he kind of would embrace that role. I know Toronto as an organization not really big spenders. Um, just because like Canada has different like taxes and everything, so it's not it's different like with salary cap and everything. But I think they do have enough room. I know they're paying Siakam and Van Bleet like you know like thirty million or something each or like average. So I think if you add him in the mix, they can find other guys because I don't really think they get, they they have a decent amount of assets. And they don't have, like, you know, they draft pretty well anyways. So I think that's something to look into. But I will pose this question to for y'all. Um, do you think Aiton, just because of the amount of money he's looking for, do you think that it's going to be a sign and trade? Yes. I'll give a, a hesitant yes. Like, I think – no, it yes. feels like a sign Sorry. of trade. Yes, it, it does. I don't know why I even hesitate on that. It, it, yes, because the Suns are in a situation where, first of all, Aiden's a restricted free agent. They can match anything, but they don't want to pay him a crazy amount. If some team offers him the bag, the Suns can say, okay, we're going to match it, but we will trade it to trade him to you guys. And so, you know, Phoenix isn't in a position of leverage because everybody knows they don't want to re-sign him on a crazy deal. But it could be just a sign and trade and Phoenix gets a second round pick or something. It could be because in sign and trades, you never get great value back in return. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to do sign and trade. Like Phoenix, they're not, like you said, they're not going to get the best return back, but you can't just lose Aiden for nothing. Like I don't know how Phoenix can even like they can just make that up. Like Aiden's still a solid player. The Raptors is kind of interesting. Like would Phoenix go after someone like OG Ananobi, perhaps? Although they have like a lot of players like him, kind of 
Mikael Bridges and all, but that's something to watch. Kevin Durant was also someone the Phoenix Suns could get until Kyrie opted in, but um, who knows, man? It's a crazy offseason. I'm still kind of wondering what happened with DeAndre Ayton and the Suns. Like, why is he, like, doing this in the first place? No one's really, like, addressed that yet, but that story will be interesting to hear when it comes out. But, yes, definitely sign and trade for sure. Yeah, so I'll say with my predictions, I think, you know, we're all in coordination here on Zach Levine. I think he goes back to Chicago. I'd be shocked. Let me say, put it that way. I'd be shocked if he's not in a Bulls uniform again next year. Um, Colin Sexton, I think I am kind of with you, Aiden, on the San Antonio Spurs. I think I am. I don't think Aiden will be going to the Spurs, but it could be a good little pickup for Greg Popovich there. Like, you know, they're not trying to be good this next year. It sounds like, by the way, they might trade DeJounte Murray. And so maybe you just get Sexton. You offer him like a one year massive deal or maybe even two years. And you kind of just retool and rebuild for the next year or two. You draft Victor when in Bayana or whatever. And if they can get that high of a pick. And, you know, that could make sense, especially because, like we said, Sexton doesn't play defense. So maybe Pop just tells him, hey, do your thing on offense. Just take a break on defense. And maybe Sexton would be the leading scorer in the league next year. Who knows? But I think the Spurs are a solid option. I think the Pacers are probably the most likely team because they have a decent amount of cap space and they're kind of in the position of, do you compete? Do you fully rebuild? I don't know. And so maybe they decide to sign him and try to compete. The issue though, is then they'd be loaded at the guard position with Halliburton, with Sexton, with Brogdon still there. So that kind of depends on a trade maybe. Then the last one with Deandre Aiden, I don't think it's out of the water. He returns to Phoenix. I think, Everyone thinks that he's completely gone out of Phoenix. I don't think that's completely out of the question. It's unlikely. But as far as another team to go out and get him, this might be really crazy, really bold prediction. I'm going to go with the Charlotte Hornets. I think that DeAndre Aiden would be a great fit on that team. We, we said before the draft that the Hornets need a center. We all said that Jalen Duran would be a great pick for them. And so I think that could be a fantastic fit. Mark Williams isn't that guy right now. The issue for Charlotte is that they'll have to trade some of that cap space. And so if they find a trade partner for Gordon Hayward's contract, a team like Orlando, or maybe even Detroit, by the way, and send another first round pick, you can free up the cap space to get DeAndre Aiden and offer him literally the max. And honestly, hey, a Charlotte team with LaMelo and DeAndre Aiden that, that those would be some nice pick and rolls. And I think that team would probably get like the five seed maybe in the Eastern conference. Yeah, I was going to, I was about to say their cap situation. I think, you know, the Detroit Pistons, Troy Weaver kind of screwed them over on that part. So maybe, maybe that's chestnut checkers where they took the Kemba, the Kemba trade instead, because, you know, the, the Hornets may be pursuing Aiden. Um, but obviously they got Duran, so we'll we'll see how it plays out in the next few days. But yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, it will be a very very intriguing NBA free agency. Of course, that will be starting. The teams can technically start uh, coming up with deals, though we all know it happens way before. Um, but free agency technically starts with negotiations this Thursday, June thirtieth, at six p.m. 
And that just happens to be when all the deals are announced. So be on the lookout for that. We will definitely be on the lookout. We will be covering free agency and covering the Pistons free agency specifically. And so any last thoughts before we end this episode? Now that the NBA draft is done, you can turn the Shams and Woj notifications back on. Dude, yeah, that was ridiculous, by the way, for the draft. I mean, they were spoiling everything. Like, Keegan Murray pick, hollow bank, like, come on. It ruins the it ruins the fan experience. Well, and it also ruins the player experience too. Probably, I mean, I'm sure probably Paolo knew he was going number one, but you know that confirms it. I guess I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I'm really excited. This has nothing to do, but I'm really excited to see Shaden Sharp play in the summer league. Like, I yes. really am like interested to see like what he is as a player. Like, is he just a like a bum? Is he just like a player who kind of just fooled everyone, or is he actually like? Uh, and he's gonna he, sit out of the summer league too. He's gonna sit. <laughs> he's gonna opt out. He's gonna opt out. But no, no I'm with you on that, bro. I was looking at the schedule. The Pistons play play Portland June set or July seventh. That'll be Ivy and Duran's first game in the summer league, and so that will be really fun to watch to see. Of course, the Pistons guys, but then like you said, Shaden Sharp, and so that's a good transition, by the way, into the fact that we will be going over a couple we'll have a couple episodes on the summer league one maybe previewing summer league or after the first game so be on the lookout for that as well as the free agency recap episode that will come out you know sometime after the pistons come up with their big deals maybe miles bridges to detroit or marvin bagley returning whatever it is so be on the lookout for all of that as usual thank you everybody for listening check us out on social medias Uh, Make sure to, you know, DM us, follow us, follow us on Spotify too. show a friend this podcast and we'll see you next time on the three rings podcast. Thank you. Peace. Peace.